You're listening to Anxiety Talks with Amanda Huggins. The intersection of science and spirituality, where we have real, honest, and often esoteric conversations about mental health and personal growth. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Anxiety Talks podcast. My name is Amanda, your host, and we're going to do a little solo episode today. I, I want to talk about stuckness, deep, full body resistance, and, and not so much um, the kind of stuckness where it's like, yeah, I'm stuck on this idea or I'm stuck on what to do next within this very specific thing. I'm talking like the kind of resistance where a lot of guilt and shame or resignation to circumstance starts to come in because that's the place where we really start to lock into our negative beliefs about ourselves and then our thoughts and actions begin to affirm the stories that really are just that, they are stories, but um, we begin to affirm or create more of the resistance we're experiencing. And if you've ever been there, you know how uncomfortable it can be. Um, Truthfully, I've been wanting to record this episode for a while, but I felt like I couldn't do it with full authenticity until now because I was in quite a bit of stuckness. And now that I'm on the other side of moving through some really deep stuckness, Not only do I feel like I can talk about this again with uh, integrity and authenticity, uh, (laughs) I got some fresh, real-time experience to to pull from. So I want to get into today a couple of things. I want to talk about uh, really like what this stuckness or resistance is, and then how do you actually break through it? Right, because the opposite of stuckness or being stuck is momentum. And whether we're looking at quantum theory or you just want to use the term manifestation or creation or growth, momentum to enact change is the only thing outside of a miracle. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. I I genuinely mean unless you uh, receive a miracle you will likely have to take the first step to break through your stuckness. And again, I cannot stress enough that whole miracle thing. Like I, I've about 18 months ago, I was in a little period of stuckness and um, really what created different energy within me was a phone call with my dad. I don't even think he knows what this one phone call we had did, but I consider that a miracle because that, was something outside of myself that broke the energy of resistance. Um, And so, of course, we love when those things happen. But for the purpose of where we're going with this conversation, I want to talk about what it means to be in radical ownership of your life. Okay? So we have the understanding and expectance and the knowing that we are worthy and deserving of great things to come along and break us out of a rut. We don't want to rely on that. Okay. 
for anyone who's ever been in deep stuckness, you know how frustrating it can feel. Right? The, the level of overwhelm when you are not comfortable with your life as a whole, it, it opens the doors for a bunch of other very uncomfortable negative emotional experiences. Right? We can start to guilt or self-shame. We start to get nasty with ourselves and lose compassion. Um, we, we start to feel very stuck in our circumstance, which then only intensifies the resistance. It intensifies the stuckness. And I think that I, I'm going to make a generalization here because I'm sure that there are other ways of looking at this, but I, I tend to see people fall into one of two kinds of deep stuckness or resistance. There is, you know, there's one side of the fence where it's like, I know where I want to go, or I know what I'm working towards, or the me I want to embody. And I maybe I have the tools, but I can't quite seem to do it. Something always happens, or I self-sabotage. And so I come back to my stuckness. But then there's also another group, and again, this is a generalization, but a grouping of individuals who may not know where they're going next, or they may not know what they want quite yet. Um, and so that stuckness can feel all the more intense because it's like, oh my God, there's so much to figure out and am I equipped to do it? And so in either scenario, that guilt and shame of self really, really starts to uh, bust through and take the reins. We begin to engage in really catastrophic thinking too, which biologically is normal, but uh, emotionally <laughs> ain't fun. So what I mean by biologically is the human mind is, as many of you know, wired to create or find or return to safety. Okay, but safety does not mean happy and thriving. Safety, as defined by the subconscious mind, only means, am I alive? If I am alive, let's do the exact same thing we did yesterday because that kept us alive. So when we're in a feeling of being so stuck, not knowing what to do, guilt, shame, blame, all of it, and we just are dense, we feel heavy, you know, asking your mind to not think is not going to happen. The human mind is wired to think. And because of that safety mechanism, the mind is going to search for the reasons why you should not create change. Because again, the mind wants safety. Change is a threat to the subconscious because we don't know. What if, what if you make that huge embodiment change and I can't guarantee you're going to be safe there? What if you do um, open yourself up and become vulnerable or you start that business or you move across the country? All those things sound great, but... I can't guarantee we'll be happy there. I can't guarantee we'll be alive there. That's what the, the subconscious mind is doing. And so what happens in our anxiety brain 
is we start looking for all of the reasons why either we can't create change or why if we do, the change will be negative or on and on and on, right? Like it's just because of the way our brains are wired, we don't really set ourselves up for growth. Uh, I was just talking about this on an episode that'll be coming out probably after this one with Alchemia Earth. And we were talking about how, um, you know, it's usually a catastrophic or a negative or a challenging circumstance that forces us to enact change. Like until we are faced with pain or the potential for even deeper pain, that's, that's usually like the biggest catalyst. Now, Dell also doesn't feel good to just be stuck in some stuckness. I mean, you can be in your own resistance for long enough and shit will start shutting down in your life. I just came out of one of those. Um, you will, something will happen that can create some momentum, but you also uh, don't need to let yourself go there. You don't need to get to a point of full implosion and your walls have fully collapsed in around you to create chain. Or really what it is, it's creating momentum. Momentum. I find this is a place many of us get stuck in where the anxiety brain wants to have all of the answers and know exactly what to do every step of the way to go from stuckness to growth or uh, resistance to change. And we think about all of the things we have to do. Maybe you make a list or you just kind of get overwhelmed and then locked in and then maybe even block thoughts of potential. And, and the reason that we that shuts us down is because that's too much input. When have you ever <laughs> when have you ever tried to plan something and it went 100% perfectly according to plan, absolutely no hitches, and you felt exactly how you wanted to feel, and you got all the praise you ever wanted to receive, and everything was perfect, and then you found $5, and then someone gave you a golden retriever. Like, nothing ever goes according to plan. Now, I'm not saying, you know, don't have a general sense of where you're going, and we'll come back to that in a moment, um, but to, to allow the overwhelm to really, really get in your head and pause all change or cause resignation within yourself, um, I, I think that's where it becomes damaging. Now, it is very challenging to break out of that. One, because that may be a habitual pattern of the mind for many of you. It certainly was and sometimes still is for me. Like, I just want to plan. I want to know it all. I can't. And then sometimes when I know where I want to be and there's so many things to do, I isolate or I shut down or I don't try. Neither of those two are the right route. What I suggest and what I come back to every time is asking with, or being with the question, what is the one next step for me? What is the one next step for me to break out of my stuckness? Now, for someone who isn't quite sure why they're feeling stuck, or they don't know yet where or what version of themselves they're moving into, 
that one next step may be just pausing and not a, okay, I paused, like a deep pause, a commitment to yourself. I need to drop into me. I need to create intimacy with myself. I mean, that's what intimacy is, right? Into me, I see. I need to bear witness to all of the things that I'm thinking or feeling, not even trying to fix them or string them together just yet, but I need to be with those thoughts without catastrophizing, without going to worst case scenario or pulling from fear or history to create justifications for why you can't change, but to just be with the fullness of where you're at. That could literally be the next step and that could be uh, for some people, they're quick processors. That's done in a day. It's just they need the reminder to pause. For some people, it's an ongoing journey. And this is also where like one next step starts to get nonlinear because you may be focusing on one next step and then something else appears and you move into that as a way to move out of your stuckness. Really what that is, it's momentum. And as an example, for someone who maybe knows what they need to do or they think they know, they think they know where they're tracking to or what they want to embody. Uh, and that was sort of the stuckness that I, I was really coming out of recently. Um, I had all of my tools and all of the things I quote unquote should do. My one next step was rest. My one next step was saying no. It was really pushing everything out, not pushing people away, not pushing things or opportunities away necessarily. There is a willingness to say no to more, but um, my next step was like sleep. <laughs> and then with a rested body over a continued period of time, the next next step starts to become clear. Um, and I know that that might sound overly simplistic or like, Amanda, but then like, how do I know what the next step is going to be? This is another place where I think many of us, uh, we, we, we go astray a little bit, you know? We forget that we're co-creating our lives. We forget that we're not doing this alone, you know? Whether you say God, source, energy, vibration, frequency. I right now I'm kind of more in the energy and vibrational frequency camp, but I, I use all three interchangeably. I know for me, when I'm in deep stuckness, I either forget or I choose to reject that I am co-creating my life. So what I mean by that is when I forget that there is co-creation, uh, my anxiety brain says, I have to figure this out all by myself. There's so much for me to do. I can't say yes to that opportunity until I'm ready because there's so much to do. And I, I and it's really what it is, is it's um, worth-based stuff, right? It's I got to do or prove in order to receive right? In any case, there's this like amnesia. I don't have to do it all on my own and neither do you. And I really want to be clear here. I am not messaging or championing emotional avoidance. I'm not like, 
suggesting by any means you should just lean back and say, oh, the universe will take care of all my problems. Um, if that works for you, God bless. <laughs> and I'm jealous. But leaning back often turns into avoidance. And, you know, there's sort of a middle to be struck here. It's not you have to do it all on your own. And it's not, oh, the universe does everything for me. It is co-creation or really momentum creation, right? So we live in a call and response universe. Or you can think about it like Marco Polo. Little Polo can't answer unless someone first calls out Marco. The seeker has to stand up and yell that and then listen and follow that trail. And so that is really, when we're talking about how do you break out of stuckness, it is on us individually to first clear out, um, you know, the, the anxiety brains like catastrophizing or at least come to peace with knowing that that may happen so that you can kind of dial down the weight of those thoughts and create space for your clarity. And maybe ask the one next step, what do I need to do, as, as uh, Abraham Hicks says, to get ready to be ready to be ready? Pretend you're not there or maybe there is no finish line. What would I be doing if I was getting ready to be ready to be ready? And then how do I create momentum? So really that is in the same energy as like the one next step kind of thing. I don't know if I use the whirlpool analogy on this podcast, but when I was a kid, we had an above ground pool and it was a circle shape. And so my friends and I would turn the pool into a whirlpool. So we'd swim around the perimeter over and over and over again until we created enough momentum where the water would swirl and you can kind of like coast and float. And it was like a little like lazy river, little, little lazy river. And then the momentum would die and the water would become still. And if we wanted to, we would take the one next step of lining up in order on the inside of the pool. And then that next step was swimming and swimming and swimming until that momentum created what it is we wanted, which was the whirlpool. So momentum is the opposite of, or perhaps the antidote to stuckness. But if you've ever been in deep resistance, it's like, yeah, simple, but not easy. When I am in a period where I can't make a decision or I feel so goddamn overwhelmed, I don't know where to start. It almost can feel annoying to hear things like, oh, create momentum. Oh, do one next step. Oh, whatever. So this is this is where I want to really break down the five things from my perspective that I believe are necessary to break out of stuckness. So number five is body care. Body care, meaning are you rested? Are you hydrated? Are you breathing? Which by virtue of you listening to a certain degree, yeah, for sure. But Sleep in particular, I know, is something many of us struggle with. And the the thing about sleep, and it, I'll pull up this study and drop it in the show notes so you guys can access it, that kind of confirmed what we already knew. Um, 
basically that the part of our brain that is responsible for regulating our ability to cope with stress, anxiety, overwhelm, aka factors of finding ourselves being stuck, uh, part of our brain that's responsible for that, if we do not get a sufficient amount of deep sleep, not REM sleep, but deep sleep, which is dreamless and we are in full rest and recovery mode, uh, that part of our brain does not have the capacity to function at the same level or at a functioning level the next day. So that means when you, so let's say you stay up all night because you're in overwhelm, you're mad at yourself, uh, judgment, shame, blame, don't get any sleep. You wake up the next morning. And now there's a full new day of stress and overwhelm ahead, at least according to the fear brain. And not only is that overwhelming in itself, your brain has not built or restored capacity to deal with what came up yesterday, right? It hasn't, so we, we start like one foot under each day. And I don't mean this to like, I'm not sharing this to scare you um, or at least scare you for no reason. And listen, I, I cannot stress enough. I have really struggled with sleep regulation in my life. And between some research like this and also this overwhelming sense that if I don't do something about this, I... I my physical body is not, my care is not going to, I'm not going to be sustainable. So I kind of scared myself into radically prioritizing sleep and be safe about it, but do whatever you need to do, maybe to scare yourself lovingly into radically prioritizing your sleep. What I mean by that is you have to understand or have to care enough, and I can't get you to care about this. No one could get me to care about this. Um, you have to, to have enough heart or investment in the quality of your future to begin prioritizing something like sleep above most other things. And the reason we don't do that is because there are so many other distractions or quote unquote priorities that are either more interesting or easier or have higher uh, immediate yields. So for example, I know I need to sleep, but like I also need to finish this report. And if I finish this and do a good job, I get a bonus. Like there's a monetary gain that feels more pressing or immediate or important than honestly combating the challenge of sleep uh, or doom scrolling on TikTok or Instagram. That is more interesting to the mind. Um, we, you get those dopamine hits. That's going to be more attractive than prioritizing sleep. Right? So there, there has to be, I mean, really any of these steps I'm sharing, they are steps in radical ownership. So someone, aka you, has to get to a point of clarity. I am committed to changing this because the truth is, if we don't offer ourselves that level of rest, care, sleep, whatever stuckness is here, it's almost guaranteed to perpetuate. 
And even if you get to break out of the stuckness, will you be present enough? Will you be in it, in in your life, engaged in your life enough, alive enough to really be in the fullness of a breakthrough? You know what I mean? Like how, how, because I've done it. I've been there where I've achieved things that were lifetime manifestations this is not a humble brag. This is, please learn from my mistakes. And because those things came in during periods of time where I wasn't, I wasn't in touch with care for my body, I wasn't in touch with my rest, I really, I really struggled. And I'm like getting a little emotional because um, it was challenging to be in a lot of these really great experiences and that also brought on a lot of shame for me you know how could I be receiving all of this great stuff and all these manifestations and like I'm not even like it it didn't make me feel anything I'm grateful but like I'm tired I'm grateful but there's all these other problems right It, it sleep is so important okay so let's move on to the next point of radical ownership witnessing your emotions okay in order to break out of stuckness it is critical that you create space for emotional intimacy with yourself and i want to explain why this is it it has to come here it has to be this step One, because if we're not feeling rested, right, if it doesn't follow some attention to sleep, it's a little harder. We get, we become less patient with ourselves, uh, less present to actually be with our emotions, which is something many of us run away from to begin with. Um, But when I was speaking to those two different generalizations earlier, like someone who knows where they're going, can't quite get there, and then someone who doesn't really know, and they just feel overall stuck. In either case, there is likely a lot of stuck emotion, energy in motion. There is stuck stuff that is asking to be witnessed. Now, many of us avoid that because of really where we started this episode. It's We avoid it because the anxiety brain goes to catastrophize, and then that clouds it. It's not fun. We abandon ship. Um, but we also tend to avoid it because of the level of honesty that we have to take with ourselves. And it's also not easy. I, I, I know that it can be challenging. Like you got to feel your feelings, but how? There are a lot of different ways to answer that, but here's where I'd suggest you start. When you find yourself in reactivity or one of your patterns or cycles of of shutdown or stuckness, rather than resign into it, ask yourself the question, what am I feeling? And if the answer is, I don't know, because it likely will for many, I want you to bounce back the question to yourself, what if I did know? What if I did know what was underneath this? What if I did have the answer? And I know that that might sound silly, but by bouncing back 
or really bringing in the energy of curiosity when we're in challenge or we're in struggle. If we can be curious with a negative emotion, if we can embrace it and bring it into us rather than avoid, push away because I don't want to look at it, what winds up happening is A, we start to build more trust in ourselves. There is a huge space for more compassion both of which you need for any sort of growth, which is what stuckness is here to ideally catalyze when we're ready. Um, that, That curiosity or that energy of what if I did know also serves to break the story that you can't or you don't know how. And I say this with, because generally when we're in stuckness, there's some story I don't know. I don't know how. I can't. I won't. I shouldn't. Um, All of those things keep us locked exactly where we're at, self-perpetuating cycle. Whenever a client says, I don't know. I don't know why I feel like this. We will either sit in silence for as long as they need until, because no one likes to sit in silence, so eventually an answer will come up. Or I say, well, what if you didn't know? Take a guess. Take a guess. Make it fun. Make it light. Wait, maybe I'm feeling super stuck right now. And okay, so I'm feeling a little judgmental. There's a lot of shame because I feel like I should be moving through this or I have guilt because I'm letting someone down. Huh. I don't know where that's coming from. What if I did know? What if, what if I did know? Or I guess it could... If I had to guess, maybe that's coming from the fact that I fill in the blank. I am really not in a space of confidence or I am not uh, fully reliant on inner validation or I'm not present to my inner world or whatever. You may ask, I don't know, or you may challenge your I don't know and still get hit with the resistance. That's cool. I want you guys to take uh, sort of a playful approach, right? Like if, if we if we want to enact like any sort of radical change, and I, I promise that's the last time I'll use that word because sometimes it pisses me off. It feels very buzzwordy. Um, you've got to take different action. And if your go-to action is anger, frustration, shutdown, what would it look like to be curious, playful, even excited. And I know that that might sound like a stretch. Okay, let it be a stretch. Let it be a stretch. The <laughs> the attitude I adopted, uh, and I soften the language for clients, obviously, but the language that I adopted was it's like, we're in fuck it mode, man. Not fuck it mode that's self-sabotaging and self-destructive, but fuck it, I'm gonna, why not? Why not think really, really joyfully? Why not be curious instead of shutting down, right? So like, can you, can you, what would a fuck it attitude, an expansive attitude be that you can bring into your exploration of, of feeling your feelings, okay? So that is number four. Number three, very much related, is in order to break through stuckness, 
you must examine your cycles. This is also why that like spirit of playfulness or curiosity, I think is really important as well, because it's not really fun to look at what our negative patterns are in it. If we're not careful, can accidentally be a slip and slide directly into guilt, shame, blame. Can you examine your cycles with play? And then can you introduce a one next step change there? So for example, I am an isolator. I believe I've shared that maybe even in this episode. I don't remember. When I am stuck or shut down, I isolate or fixate. Um, And it's usually fixation on something really negative. So much fun. So if I were to examine that as a cycle, I know my thoughts, actions, and behaviors that I go to. I know what doesn't work too. Like turning on a mantra meditation, not really what's going to break me out of it because at that point I'm typically very resigned. So just as a side note, when you're thinking about this for yourself, it's also helpful to know like, yeah, this is not something like these are tools that I'm not open to or that aren't really helpful when I'm in a cycle. Um, Knowing what doesn't work creates contrast. So you might be able to, again, with curiosity and play, begin to explore what would work. Okay. So anyway, back to this example, Um, if I kind of know where I'm at with my cycles and my patterns, a compassionate, joyful, radically different, damn it, I said it again, uh, one next step, aka what could I do to not engage in the sit on a couch, isolate, fixate? Maybe the big step is like, go hang out with some girlfriends. But if that feels too big that day, maybe my next step is just a text to a friend. If your cycle is anger or frustration or projection, Actually, let's use projection. That's a really good one. So if you know your cycle is projection, it's, uh, uh, I know I contributed, but it's, look what you did. You, 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 you weren't hearing me. Um, Maybe the one next step, the big next step would be, oh, you know what? Screw it. I'm so sorry. We're going to make this a little bit longer of an episode because I need to now share with you this exercise. (laughs) Here is an excellent tool for understanding your projections okay when you are projecting on someone or you believe you are or let's take a step back if you're feeling stuck and you have anger towards someone or something I want you to write doesn't have to be an fu letter but like an anger letter or a frustration letter so dear Sammy, you are so selfish. I can't believe that you haven't heard one thing. You say one thing and you do the other. Um, You're not consistent. You're not that, right? So you'd put out all of those things that you feel are contributing to your stuckness or your resistance as a letter to someone or something. You can do this to a corporation or to your life or to God or the universe, Write that letter. Don't send it to them. But then what I want you to do with a different color pen is go back through that letter and replace all of the U's with I's. So for example, 
if if Sammy had written, um, you, I, I never feel heard by you. That changes to, you never feel heard by me. If it's, uh, you know, you, you don't listen to any of my thoughts or feelings. It's, I don't listen to your, or I don't listen to my thoughts and feelings, right? So it begins to remove the veil of projection that we're using as protection. We get to examine, are the things that I'm putting or my anxiety or my stuckness is attempting to put outside of me through anger, blame, whatever, projection, are they not in me? And if so, right, because if you change that letter from all the U's turn into I's, you take on what you have been projecting, not everything will resonate all the time, but in many cases, when you read that back to yourself, you're like, oh, yeah, I haven't been listening to your emotions, or I haven't been listening to mine, right? There are so many ways you can, like, take an exercise like that, but often, that is a really good way to break a cycle of projection that also unintentionally did not plan to put this in this episode, but that's also a really good way of feeling your feelings or identifying them if you don't know where to start because you place them outside of yourself. Do some projection letters, do some fuck you letters, and then do that flip where you bring the focus or the blame into yourself. You don't take on or embody the blame, but you examine, am I also exhibiting that? Where is that within me? And then begin to work on that stuff with playfulness, joy, love, and compassion. Ooh, ooh, so good. Okay. Oh, I'm glad that we got that in. Okay, moving on. Number two, so second to last step for beginning to break out of stuckness, perhaps I should say like key rather than step because some of these may be slightly nonlinear for you guys. Uh, Anyway, number two, check your limiting beliefs. Check your limiting beliefs. And this has kind of been woven throughout all of today's discussion, but I think it's important to call out very specifically because the ways in which we have inherited a lot of limits about ourselves. I can't do that because I've never done it. Or the last time I did that thing, it hurt me. Or the last time I tried that thing, I failed. Uh, or I've never seen this modeled to me. Right? I was just talking with a client about business building. And as someone who, you know, from this client perspective, is working out of a scarcity mindset because that's what they were brought up in, the idea of creating something for themselves was very scary. And so there were a lot of limiting beliefs that kind of have to pluck out, heal, and then replace with new belief systems. And as they began to do that, the stuckness started to dissipate. And eventually it'll dissolve, right? But it's okay to still have a little resistance. As you pluck out limiting beliefs, you will begin to feel some of that space clear. Now, if you're like, cool, kind of get that in concept, what do I do about it? Uh, You can go back to episode two, I believe, the truth versus story episode. It's either two or three. Talk about it on there um, a little, a decent amount. 
Uh, and then if you have questions, just DM me and I'll, I'll do a full episode more specifically on limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs also are a great place to, breaking through limiting beliefs is a great place to welcome more independent intimacy. Again, into me, I see. Because truthfully, when you have this like mm, solid, grounded, trusting, loving connection with yourself, that feels so good because you love yourself and it feels really fucking good to just like be in you every day. I mean, listen, you're going to have some days, right? But like, it just feels good to be in you. That is the space from which you laugh at limiting beliefs. So maybe practicing intimacy with self is where you start. This is like my favorite thing to talk about lately. We're going to do a big group program on this. I am still kind of putting some ideas together, but there's something about uh, emotional intimacy with self and the connection to overwhelm. And yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but we'll get there maybe in the next couple of uh, weeks. Okay. Number one. What does it require from you to break through your stuckness? Compassionate action. Compassionate action. So what I mean by that, there is a, a tenet in, within quantum theory. Uh, if anyone's ever read uh, U Squared or... Uh, Oh, one of those quantum books about growth and transformation. There's a concept in there uh, that says, act before you are ready. Act before you are ready because readiness, just like time, is a concept. And I do agree with that. I do. Uh, Especially when we're talking about something like building a business or moving, making new friends, starting a relationship. Like there are learnings from the actions of engaging in those things that you're just not going to get when you're sitting and waiting. That said, when you're in stuckness, understanding when to act, when to like really kind of level up the amount of effort or intensity or change you want to create, I believe can only be done correctly I don't love the word correctly, but I think it can be done in uh, only be done in the most fulfilling way when you are deeply compassionate with yourself. And really, that word compassion ties in all of the steps that we just discussed. Because how will you be able to trust that you're taking a step that makes sense? Or uh, how will you move through some of your limiting beliefs? or whatever, make a choice. If you are not being kind to yourself, building trust with yourself, creating intimacy and emotional validation with yourself, how will you know if you take action that it was right? Because that trust or that care hasn't been there or wasn't built. Having a compassionate relationship with yourself creates a landing pad for even if a fear was realized. So in other words, what if you failed? What if you were rejected? What if you got hurt? What if uh, that business idea didn't work? You 
as you know yourself, you as you love yourself, will be there to catch you. Because really, isn't that what we're afraid of with with any big thing that's keeping us in stuckness is what will I do? What will I do if it doesn't work out? Who will I have? What will I have? You, baby. You. And so really, if we boil this entire episode down into one thing, what's required to move out of stuckness is you connecting to you. That's it. Again, simple but not easy. And I, I really do want to close with acknowledging that, that I get, I got, I get fairly fiery when I'm talking about things because I'm like in my teaching flow. Um, and so I, I hope that a certain level of compassion was conveyed as I was talking. But in, in case there were parts where I got a little fiery were direct, I can't stress enough that this is an unfolding process and you got to be really forgiving with yourself about when you feel like you're not doing it right or you're moving too slow or you're this or you're that. Deep breath. Come back to you. Hand on the heart. Go meditate. Go for a walk. Go get yourself some ice cream. Whatever it's going to take for you to develop this deep level of care, do it. Do it. Hit it with love. A lot of it. What I want to leave you with, especially if someone listening is in a space where they're feeling really stuck or they're in a lot of shame or blame or projection or whatever it is, this is not your forever. It's not. Just in the same way that we convince ourselves that we have to figure it all out on our own or that we we are deserving of our pain or our stuckness like those things aren't true this moment or this season of stuckness lasting forever that is also not true and if maybe you do nothing else today except get curious about that statement what would it take for me to remember or know or connect with the truth that this moment will pass. And for those listening who are like, yeah, this moment will pass, but then it's going to come up again. If there is a fear that the moment will happen again, where the cycle will repeat, that is an indication that there is something or some things from within that are still asking of you to be witnessed and loved on. Okay, so once again, it's all going to come back down to you, care for you, love for you. How do you show up for yourself? Simple, but not easy. But I also am 100% from the core of me positive. Every single person listening is capable of this because you wouldn't, you wouldn't have turned this on if, if you weren't already ready. Okay. So let me know if this was helpful. I will drop a lot in the show notes. Uh, if you have questions or you want to build on this, let me know. We'll do another episode on it. Okay. Love you. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to Anxiety Talks with Amanda Huggins. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe or pay it forward by sharing the link with a friend. 
For one-on-one coaching, online workshops, and more, visit www.amandahugginscoaching.com or say hi. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at It's Amanda Huggins. We'll see you in the next episode.